Hello, my name is Janice B. Gordon, and this is Scale Your Sales Podcast. Welcome to Scale Your Sales Podcast, listed number nine of 43 best podcasts for every sales professional. I am Janice B. Gordon, the customer growth expert, recommended by LinkedIn Sales as one of 15 innovating sales influencers to follow. In today's episode of Scale Your Sales podcast, my guest gave a lot of insight into his background in the early days, starting off in sales and door to door sales and how the B2C experience has influenced him um, now as VP of, of sales and managing a large team of SDRs. So really interesting to understand more about what is uh, the essence of the that uh, contributes to the success of this great company. My next guest is VP Global Sales Development at Cogism. He leads the team of 100 inbound and outbound SDRs across Europe and the US. Cogism is the leading global contact data provider. Welcome to Scale Your Sales podcast, David Bentham. Awesome. Yeah, thank you so much for having me, uh, Janice. Really appreciate um, yeah, you, you inviting me on. Yes, well, I'm really uh, keen because I saw on your LinkedIn that uh, a Cosina Blueprint is launching or is just launched. So tell me more about that, because after all, you know, everyone's journey is different. So I'm really keen to understand what this is all about. Sure. So um yeah, Cognizant has um, been a very successful UK-based startup. Um, we initially started in 2015. Really, it was 2017 when we had our first employee, and um, we've now scaled to, uh, as of today, it's about 400. I, I can't remember the last count, but it's about 450-ish uh, individuals. We're we're at um, something close to around the 60 million ARR mark. Um, and uh and yeah like we essentially the blueprint is um different people from within the company uh talking about that scaling process and giving advice especially on the go to market side of things um i joined the organization in 2018 our vp of sales joined the organization in 2017 um and our cmo joined the organization in 2019 so you know in the the four you know i suppose between four to six years of of fantastic growth uh, for Cognizant, um, we've we've learned a lot, and 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 that's what the blueprint is all about: is is writing all, down all those uh, processes that that we think has made us so successful. So, who's it for? Great question. I suppose it's any go to market leader um, or CEO. Um, you know, I, I suppose it technically could be for anybody. We, we, we've tried to use a, a language that anybody could use, but, um, uh, but yeah, I suppose mostly any go-to-market leaders out there, um, that are building processes, um, building teams, uh, looking to scale, uh, those, their organization out. So once you have a blueprint and you've got a, um, uh, a journey of success, You've you've completely smashed a lot of your targets. Surely that's of its time. Once you write a blueprint, it's like when you write a book, it's already out of book by the time out of date by the <laughs> time it's published. There's a lot of things that have, especially with COVID, there's so many things and ways that you've adapted and reacted. Will that apply 
in a different environment? Yeah, that's a really great question. I, I think um, we've all been there. I'm sure you've been there as well, Janice, where you look at, um, you know, you read old articles, books related to a topic that you're interested in, and it is out of date. I think my take has always been to, um, you know, take everything that, you know, I question everything that I read. Um, that's how I, you know, I'm a big book reader, but I will, you know, go through it and actually I'll criti- critically analyze it as I'm reading it. Um, and the key thing is, um, or the reason I'm doing that is because like, I want to, um, I don't take these things as gospel, but I take them as inspiration. And yeah. I think that's really important, especially for sales leaders. Um, every sales process is different. You know, we sell a product uh to or you know uh yeah we sell a product that has a very large total addressable market we can sent uh, we can arguably work with any company uh that does b2b sales and marketing which is obviously a huge total addressable market um and there are lots of uh products which are based on very small terms of very large acvs and um and the principles or the 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 process that you apply to to our uh, company might not all be suitable for for a company in that 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 area. Same as the fact that we target salespeople um, and marketers, whereas you know you might be targeting um, CTOs, and they will you know you're you're dealing with different people, different personalities, and and therefore um, you, you know perhaps there there'll be nuanced differences uh, in terms of the overall process that you implement. But at the same time, like I'm a big believer, the cause, the the core values often remain the same for for lot longer periods periods of time. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, I I started out my sales career in door to door sales, um, and I you know if I was given a B two C product to sell today, um, I'm sure door to door would still be something that I'd consider. Um, you know, because fundamentally it's you you you're getting yourself in front of um prospects and uh, and that's the most important thing so yeah i think that's really interesting do you think that your b2c experience has helped you in the b2b world yeah 100% so so i run the the sales development team at Cognizum and um so we're really focused on top of funnel activity we're generating meetings for our account executive um and account management teams um and I think, you know, my experience in door to door was, you know, a, a lot of it was, you know, I was knocking on hundreds of doors every single day. I did it for about three and a half years. Um, and I think it's obviously taught me a lot about resilience, um, the the mentality side of the game. Um, I was made very aware of like how to sell on impulse and also sell things quickly as opposed to long drawn out sales cycles and i think on the you know for for sdrs you you're you know they're cold calling cold emailing everything's about a first impression um and so yeah there's there was a lot uh, there was a lot that was very very transferable uh between the two uh but there's also some differences where you know um i certainly um I was a lot more casual when I was going around door to door than I was, um, than, than, you know, I, I train my team to be today, um, because there's just different expectations. I think, uh, 
uh, in business, there's a lot more bluntness. I actually, it was very rare that anybody was very rude to me at all when I was doing door to door, which surprises most people. Um, I think people are actually worse when I cold call them than, than when I knock on the door. So, um, you know, things like that, there are differences, but it's certainly, I think the, the crossover was around like um, teaching me the mentality that was required. Um, and also this, the, the sales skills, um, the sales theory. Uh, mm-hmm. that, that works so well when it comes to uh, initial initially presenting a product or service to a to a prospect so you've just mentioned about mindset and I wonder in all the years that you've you've sold and you you talked about the resilience in in sales that's necessary and I think that they're two key elements when I started in sales and this is a long time ago 1990s you know uh, cold calling stand-up all, all of that it was very much about the process, you know, kind of like all the fact finding that you did and the questioning was to lead people to to your your product. Do you see in the time that you've been in in sales that, that there's been a change in that it's less on the sales skill, more on the um, the people the relationship you have with people, the mindset you bring into sales and your resilience. So these are kind of like the more the, the personal skills as opposed to the um, the process skills. Do you see that there's a, you know, a change in balance? Um, it's a really great question. Um, I think that uh, I think both are important today as they were um you know when i first started in sales um i think um i think that where things maybe have shifted is um is with the availability of information on like online um you know and the shift towards you know i I think everybody's aware of you know if i want something i i can google it and then um ultimately uh, it's going to present to me a bunch of options that that work and i think people have got very used to to having lots of options and uh, buying uh, according to that so that's where perhaps being more consultative in the in the way that sell is, is important but also i think it's just it's just more important than ever to to understand your space very well understand your competitors um understand their strengths and weaknesses um because you get you know i think often you're going to be that's the that those are the questions that you're gonna be asked very quickly uh perhaps more so than before um yeah i i, I don't know i but overall as i say i think i think the both are both are as important today as they were um historically okay so let's talk more about your role i'm really interested to understand how your role has has changed as vp of sales you know your responsibilities you say it's twofold removing inefficiencies uh, on behalf of your team but also safeguarding the time for the team as well so talk to me about why you see your role as being twofold and those two things in particular yeah so interestingly that was a a, a quote from uh someone i was speaking to called um Oh gosh, I better get the name right. Richard, I think it's Richard Smith. Um, he he's a VP of sales at a, a fantastic company called Lego, and um, you know he's he's very active on LinkedIn. You should follow him um, if if you don't already. Oh, I'd love uh, to and, get him on the podcast. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. He'd be, yeah, he's a he's, he's a very easy person to interview. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, that's what he said about his role. I think I think um, 
you know, when I joined Cognizant, I joined as an SDR, an individual contributor, and um, certainly, and you know, I, I managed. I was a frontline manager, and then uh, in a director role. Now, now VP want today, and I, I ultimately, I agree with Richard. I think a lot of, um, a lot of my role is to design processes and create processes that allow my uh, allow my salespeople to be successful, or allow the the salespeople on our team to to be successful. And I think um and then on the protection side i think you know i pick up a lot of cross collaboration um working with other departments but uh you know really interestingly and, and it really resonated with me when rich was talking about it um i find that often companies see sdrs as you know our frontline workers you know cheap labor that can you know pick up lots of things and i've i've battled over the past 5 years with um with other departments and and other people in the company saying you know saying oh we need to move office furniture let's get some let's get 10 of the SDRs to 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 do that and how how much that impacts um impacts you know the their time and then ultimately like their ability to get to their number so i totally agree when when he said that i think it, it just instantly resonated because i've had to do that so much of that myself and and very practically i've just have to push back and say no and you know i think one thing that i've always tried to do is really highlight the importance of of, of my team as more than just frontline um uh, you know entry-level sales uh individuals um that you know are just there to kind of hook and book and see see what happens but actually very highly qualified sales individuals that have a very specific uh and very important job in the in the organization and actually if they weren't here doing it then then really like the the organization would look very different today um so i think on the protection of time i think that's a massive role is just the internal pr um that vps have to do to 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 make sure that uh their team um you know have the time space and structure to execute on the tasks that that, that um you're asking them to do Excellent, excellent. So leading on from that, what strategies do you use to optimize your team, your salespeople in the operation? Yeah. Um what to optimize? There's a I suppose there's a there's a bunch of stuff. Um I don't really know where to start. Um we um I mean I'm I, I'm a really big, big believer in structure first and foremost. Um, I think that when it comes to, and I, th- I think this is true of in any sales role. I think um, one of the biggest inefficiencies is decision making. Um, you sitting there and you going, should I work on this opportunity or should I work on this opportunity or should I, you know, should I be reaching out to this prospect or this prospect? And so, um, my one of my major um i think one of the things we've done really well here is we've given people a really clear playbook that removes that decision making those those kind of day-to-day moment-to-moment decision making uh from uh from them uh everybody has a really clear um daily structure that they work off um i think they we we try and give great enablement on how they should be making those decisions like how best to prioritize time and, and and things like that um and uh and you know, uh, often my team laugh at me, but for well, up until I, I, I recently moved into my new role, I used to do a stand up at 9 a.m. every single morning with my team uh, for you know the past four years for with the UK SDRs at least, um, and it followed exactly the same routine every Monday. 
um you know there'd be a certain narrative every tuesday there'd be a certain narrative wednesday there'd be a certain, and it'd be exact they'd hear me repeat the same words every single day at, at 9 a.m um and the reason that i did that is because you know by they knew exactly what was about to happen every single day um it it kind of was that like prompt in their mind and then everything else from there just hopefully becomes habitual um and that's that's what i'm trying to do and i think if you do that well obviously it, it, it creates the efficiency in reducing um uh, reducing uh the time that people are uh, uh, making decisions but further than that i think um you're gonna help your team with things like burnout because you know the less decisions they're having to make the less like energy consuming um uh things are it's a bit it's a bit is it steve jobs that used to wear the same thing every single day yeah it's a bit steve it's a bit steve jobs of me but um i think it's i think it's super super important and um yeah so so i'm i'm religious on my my routine and the structure that we that we have for the team i thought i'd seen that shirt before (laughs) probably (laughs) i've actually i wore i literally wore this on monday so you know like i'm not i'm yeah (laughs) It's it, unfortunately I, I've changed the undershirt. I promise. Oh, have you? Oh, good. Right. Okay. I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> what about your the recruitment? Is there a certain type of uh, person that you recruit that you have uh, um, uh, established is your kind of most successful stream of people that that come through that fit within your your culture? How do you approach it? how do you approach that that side because you couldn't have grown and had all of these success and constantly smashing each of your quarter targets without you know the growth of all the personnel and your team yeah 100 percent. so we have 90 sdrs especially for context I've got, you know the, it's a team of 90 sdrs today so yeah we've done a fair bit of hiring um i i look for three things um i look for um uh, accountability uh, first and foremost that's you know i want people that look inwardly first before they look externally um you know it, there are external factors that impact performance um or impact your life but uh, I, I really want to be focused on the ones that say okay what what could i have done differently first before them start to to say you know okay maybe i need some i need to change this the external factor um i think curiosity is incredibly important for salespeople. curiosity is often associated with like being curious being curious with prospects which is 100 percent true in the way you sell but more than like for me it extends to just being uh very passionate and driven on self-development and curiosity of learning um so you know i want a team that are actively they're not you know we I'd like to think we give great training and, and we do about three hours for every SDR in Cognizant. We do about three hours worth of training a, a week um, that, that's structured for them. But my expectation is is that, you know, for them, that's a bonus. And actually, if we like they're still doing their own learning and self-development, they're active in communities They're you know, we're blessed with such a wealth of knowledge when it comes to, to the Internet and um uh, that they can go and seek out and and yeah learn from others find mentors etc um and then probably the biggest one is i'm absolutely massive on um high uh, uh, hiring people with a history of high achievement uh, for me that's something that there there is a certain mentality that you need to have to push yourself to uh be a high achiever in a in a particular field and sometimes that's very hard to um it's hard to teach that mentality um now i always say like i don't mind 
whether you're the a world champion tiddlywink player or you're you know like uh, the best um at spelling bee in your county I, you know it does it really does not matter to me what what you've excelled at but i think pushing yourself is really important and so you know we've had great success with hiring you know i think athletes is the one that lots of people are aware of but um sometimes i don't i, I don't I, I mind less about the athletes but actually someone that's like a president of a society you know if, if you've gone to college university and you've pushed yourself through a society to to end up at the top of the tree then i think that 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 suggests something about you um i used to do a paper round as a kid when i was from from the age of about <laughs> best job in the world um so from the age of about 13 to 16 and i after one year of doing paper rounds i got promoted to a paper sorter which Ooh. meant that i had to i know which meant that i had to come in and sort the papers out for the papers of boys and girls and i know you know that honestly came from I think they, I think they made up the role for me, but like, I just wanted more. Like I just wanted, you know, I wanted to make more money. I wanted to, um, uh, you know, I wanted to be that, that person that kind of like is, is, is going above and beyond. And and so that's something that, that uh, I suppose those are the three things that, that I'm really looking for in any new hires. It's interesting because I was expecting you to say resilience and mindset, because that's what we started with, but actually in looking for those, those winners in any field I suppose that's that brings in the kind of mindset and and the resilience to keep bouncing back and whatever the challenges are you're going for broke 100% I do you know what's really interesting I'm I'm kind of starting to I've never vocalized this but I'm starting to change my opinion on resilience a little bit and actually um I think that I think that is something that you, I think you can learn to become more res, uh, resilient um, is, is, is my current feeling. And I think, you know, for example, you know, I did doors, this door to door sales for a long, long time. I think like, you know, I, I, I'm probably a very resilient person from that, but I don't think going into the job as a very necessarily a very, super resilient person. Um, I remember I wanted to go to the gym. Uh, so I was, I was doing, I'd done door to door selling for about three months and I wanted to join a new gym. And for me, that was quite like a anxiety inducing um, process because, you know, like I, I was kind of this very um, weedy um, skinny kid coming out of like when I was 21 and I, um, and yeah, I, I basically walked up to the gym and I looked inside and there was these you know um two like Arnold, pts Arnold Schwarzenegger. exactly exactly <laughs> right looking individuals and i was just so intimidated and so i you know i know so i walked past and and i literally stood there for a second i was like this is absolutely crazy dave you your day-to-day every single day is you knock on people's doors and um ask them for and within 10 minutes you're asking them they're giving you their credit card to type into a you know like an ipad that you know for someone that you've just met and you're you're very good at it the fact that you you can't walk up to a reception at a, a gym and say, Hey, can I pay you to go into your gym? Like, that's what they're there for. Like, why is that so intimidating to, to you? So, um, so yeah, I, you know, I, I think like, I think resilience is built. I think it's obviously fantastic if like, um, you can, um, you know, you, you have someone that is, you know, comes in and they've clearly been through tough times. Um, because they probably have a higher level of resilience but at the same time I'm I'm you know mostly hiring um kind of people that are coming you know in their first jobs that tends to be it's not not strictly our profile but like it that often happens and a lot of those haven't been through massive problems you know if if, if I've got someone that's 
um, has done incredibly well at school, gone to university, done incredibly well at university, you know, and, and just kind of ace through life. Am I going to say no to them just because like, there's never been a time where they've had to, where, where something's gone wrong. Of, of course I'm not. And, and I do think, like I say, I think it's something that you can train people on um, the way that kind of, I, I like to train it is really to um, help people take the, remove the emotion from the nose that's that's the big one for me and you know I, I'm um I was always a, a bit of a mathematician I suppose and and so I really think in statistics forms um there's lots of people that say this but you know every no leads you closer to a yes well that's honestly how I I think that's how I kind of think about it that was always my mindset and that really aided me in, in not worrying about the nose and I think I think that's what great leaders would do is I think they like good leaders actually from a sales perspective will um uh, help their team be more resilient by helping them like, re- like remove emotion from situation and really focus on like a like on a process on the other side so yeah not something that I've ever spoken about out loud but it's something that I'm starting <laughs> to believe in I mean I think there's on two fronts I'm curious about what is the demographic um, makeup and diversity makeup of, of your team because you've mentioned college a few times and and everything so you know and then my other thing is why you think about that one uh, the other thing is the the phrase that you used was um, you know every no leads you closer to yes our industry sales doesn't necessarily have a positive reputation and you know that kind of term is attached to that where people are pushing, pushing, pushing and not listening, listening, listening. So it's interesting that that was used to motivate you to keep going. Um, mm. Whereas actually that is also a phrase that's um, kind of has developed negative behaviors. Yeah, I think, I think that's totally fair. So, so on the dive, uh, on the, the makeup of the team, um, you know, we, we have, um, so the, the youngest person on our team is 18. Um, never went to university and the eldest and I'm, I'm I think I'm taking a bit of a guess here but I think he's I think he's in his late 40s but I never ask you know yeah. at a certain point you don't ask people's age um and uh with with you know kids and so so we have like a very wide range and I'm certainly a big uh, you know I, I really do not believe that you should hire you know I uh I never say no to people based on the fact that they don't have a degree. I never say no to people based on, um, you know, they've got kids or they you know, their like age or gender or anything like that. And I actually really enjoy, I think it's, I think good sales teams are diverse sales teams. Mm-hmm. Um, that's incredibly important to me and, and always has been. Um, I think naturally um, the applicants for this kind of role for, for what is, you know, the, the entry level sales role are probably going to is probably going to attract a, a, a particular type of person from a from an application standpoint um and so yes like you know a lot of them are i think the bulk of the team is probably in that 21 to 26 type age category um uh but um saying that i think overall like we 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 have a pretty like good uh like wide ranging group um so and that's certainly that something that that we always like push for and and try for, especially in the way that we advertise the role and and um you know like our interview process for that role. Um, I think you were asking about okay, so I think I think that mentality of um every no leads you 
Closer to you, yes. I, I think yes. I, I think it can be incredibly dangerous. Um, I, I agree. I think I think um it, it could lead to someone being a very pushy salesperson if they're like almost it's I suppose like where it could get negative is them feeling like they should get to a no, like mm-hmm. pushing towards a no almost. Um that was never it for me. I think, you know, I was able to uh, go into every like every cold call that I made, every um, door that I knocked. Um, I would go into that and like open minded, obviously hopeful that I'd get get the yes. But really, and you know, I, I I do this now with CRM, but back when I was doing doors, I literally had a, a a piece of paper that I'd write write down every door that I went to, and I put like Y N N Y N, and I you know if there's an N, I'd put the reason why so that that way it's something I could go and work on and coach on, right? Like there's no I had no text, so that was really kind of the way that I could I could get feedback to my manager, um, and where there was a, um, and and I'd essentially look at that, and I, and I knew that for every on average. I could get a sale every five doors. That was that was my average. It started at about a hundred, probably. But then, you know, by the time I left, it was probably about every five doors. So if I looked at my page and I had nine N's, you know, I think some people might be pretty downbeat about that. But the way that I looked at it is like it's almost an inevitability that the next one is the yes. And so, but that didn't change my sales process. But you're absolutely right, Janice. I think I think it can be dangerous if it then impacts the way that you sell. But mm. for me, it was more just comp compartmentalizing my emotions yeah. and making sure that like I stayed um you know stayed stayed true to the process and and not like and yeah as I say removing the emotion so that I, I had a more consistent um process from there well I'd like to understand you know that I know you've got the blueprint but the you know is the success very much down to the culture of the company do you think that has the the greatest share of the success oh um um that is a great question i i mean it definitely has an impact um we are we are truly blessed with our ceo um you know i i i used to one of my former bosses used to use a saying saying a fish stinks from the head down which is basically to say if a leader was bad then the rest of the team would be bad but i actually think and uh, the the reverse of that right like obviously on the as much as it can be a fish stinking from the head down, it could also be a, a, a fish smelling incredibly nice from the head down. I don't know. Um, <laughs> and we're very lucky because we definitely have a, a, a very good smelling fish here. And <laughs> it was, um, uh, he he's very generous with his time. Um, he's always been actually incredibly detail orientated from, uh, from a CEO perspective. One of the big things is like the success that the business has um, and, and he has, uh, and obviously he has as a as a founder and ceo um i, I really truly uh, feel that everybody in our business um feels like the um feels like we're all winning together with him um and that's because he's so generous you know for example like a, one example because it's really relevant because it's happening next week is we've got president's club next week um president's club i think in traditional companies is only for closers whereas for us you know last year we actually had marketers on there we had sdrs um you know other members of the organization this year um the marketers aren't going but marketers have a separate kind of like off-site um, incentive and and other, i know other departments are kind of doing something similar but the sdrs are still going on these closing and and so and, and that's something that definitely he's driven like through through the organization so 
um, and it has made a difference. I think one thing it definitely made a difference on is is um, tenure. I think a lot of, you know, I mentioned I've been here since 2018, VP sales has been here since 2017 and, and um, CMO has been here since 2019. You know, I think I think that's very representative of the organization. That actually, if you look a lot of the cognizant people up, um, you know, they, they've been around for a long, long time. So um, and I think that's because we've always felt felt like we get a lot back from from the organization. Um, so, yeah, I do think that, that it's important. Is it? the biggest thing you know i think like product market fit and timing and in terms of like your product and and things like that is obviously essential i think having a fantastic sales process or go to market strategy is essential um so i'm not going to sit here and say it's the most important but it's a massive massive piece in in the pie I, I, i definitely believe that excellent well i appreciate that so if you're on a desert island on your own david what would be the one thing that you took with you a boat get off and get back to work i think so i think so <laughs> um um that is a great question um i um oh if i went to a desert island on my own yeah i mean like i i want to get off i definitely i'm not i'm a massive extrovert so i need people um so i suppose it would be the um the little ball right the wilson ball i'd need i'd need one of those just to have someone to talk to i think um but um yeah i mean like maybe if if i knew it was for a short period of time and i was like isolating for a bit you know i've always wanted to become fluent in other languages and things like that so maybe i'd use that time maybe duolingo would be the answer and i just 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 become the best um you know duolingo expert and try and learn a couple of other languages Um, but um yeah so what, whatever you have, I'll give you Wilson as well. So you, you won't be alone. Okay, perfect. <laughs> right? Thank you. Thank you. I and you can draw, it. you can draw the face yourself. You know, I'll give you a pen <laughs> to do that. So you can have awesome. whatever gender you would like. Okay, noted. <laughs> or noted. you can have a gender on each side. There's several sides to this. True. It could be it could have a split personality. <laughs> Maybe. Yeah, I don't know whether I'm keen on. Uh, yeah, who knows? Like, but yeah, you, um, you might end up having a split personality if I leave you on there too long. I definitely think so. I'll definitely be talking to myself because I need someone to talk to. So. Right. <laughs> so how can listeners get hold of you, David? Yeah, so best place is LinkedIn. Um, uh, it's just my name's uh, David Bentham. Um, we are producing a bunch of content on there all around sales development. So um, feel free to give me a follow or a connect. Um, I would say Twitter, but I only talk about Wolves uh, Football Club on Twitter. So unless you're interested in Wolves, um, don't don't touch me on Twitter. <laughs> All right. Brilliant. Thank you very much for sharing your experience and and knowledge. I've learned so much that I didn't know about you. So uh, this has been really interesting. Thank you so much for being a guest on Scale Your Sales podcast, David. No, thank you so much for having me. It's been uh, it's been really fun. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of Scale Your Sales podcast. If you like this discussion, feel free to listen to other episodes or watch the caption show on YouTube and subscribe to future episodes. I would really appreciate it if you would leave a positive review on iTunes. Thank you.